0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern.
0: Let's go. October 19th edition of Daily Faceoff Off Live, noon Eastern time, live on the Daily Face Off YouTube, where, as always, Frank, we are looking for our hashtag ask DFO questions. And as always, Frank, the show is brought to you by Botano, NLCS, ALCS, Thursday Night Football. Jam-packed sports schedule for the rest of the week. NHL action full slate tonight as well. All the odds up at Botano.ca. The game starts now, Botano 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Frank, it's the most wonderful time of the year. A night where we have NFL football,
1: MLB
2: Christmas. playoffs, 12-13 NHL games. Tonight. It's crazy. It's Christmas for sports fans. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers are in town today for me. So I'll be uh, getting I'm a little make- live it. McDavid viewing. Nothing wrong with that.
0: Nothing wrong with that at all. We'll talk about a couple of other big storylines heading into tonight. Stephen Ellis is going to pop by in a little bit. But first, let's take a look back at what we saw last night in the NHL. Throw two minutes and 30 seconds up. Talk about the big return from Josh Norris after missing the season's first three games. Norris returns to the lineup with a bang, popping home two goals in the Senators' blowout win over the Washington Capitals. Frank, that shoulder looked just fine when he was slinging him home.
2: Yeah. And this is such a, pardon the pun, shot in the arm for the Ottawa Senators. He completely changes the look of this team, especially down the middle. And oh, by the way, could they just get Shane Pinto signed already so that you can go Stutzla, Naris, and then Pinto? I mean, that's a pretty damn good center formation uh, for the next eight years for the Ottawa Senators, whatever that ends up looking like, because That's sort of been a big glaring issue. And when you look at the way that this team has gotten off to a three and one start right now, what they've done is given themselves a chance and that's to make it to the Stanley cup playoffs. Their season, the last few years has been over by mid November six, 12 and one was the start last year. You can't recover from that. So Norris, a big opportunity to come back into the lineup, gain some confidence, which I think is super important It's not from a producing standpoint, it's from a health standpoint. Absorb some contact, feel good about yourself, and that is certainly one way to make your season debut, especially after so much attention in the preseason.
0: Yeah, he looks good, as you can see here on the goal firing at home, and this Senators team also looks good. Heading into the year when we were talking about kind of the up-and-coming teams around the league, groups that were looking to take a step forward, you know, I was more bullish on a team like Buffalo. I was in the wait-and-see camp on the Ottawa Senators. And, I mean, wait-and-see, four games in, seven guys producing at a point-per-game or better, and suddenly I start to look at their lines on daily face-off with a bit of a different look. I, I don't know. I'm going, hey, this team, that's a really, really impressive top nine. The fourth line's got some jam to it as well. A ton of really young, exciting pieces. Um, this Sens team might actually be pretty good, Frank. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think they have the potential to be, but that's really the big difference is that it's been potential for the last number of years. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been realized. And it starts with getting guys like Josh Norris healthy, missing him for 75 games last year really hurts. And Mm -hmm. that's a huge step forward for this Sens team that, as I mentioned, not out of the woods yet. The Calgary flames, I'll remind you started last year, five and one. It does happen, but all signs are pointing in a positive trending direction and upward trajectory for the Ottawa Senators team that I think if they've solved some of their goaltending issues has really checked just about every positional box that you need to when putting together a roster.
0: Yeah, it uh, looks pretty good. Goaltending hasn't really been an issue early on for the Sens. Everything coming up. Sens just get fun.
2: Pinto signed. Come on now.
0: I know. Yeah, it must just be driving Sens fans. Crazy. Uh, on the other side of last night, oof, the Washington Capitals, Frank. I was also in the wait and see camp on them and... I mean, I ended up not putting them in a playoff spot in my preseason predictions. I'm feeling pretty good about that because they look very slow right now. This looks like a team that's nowhere near competing for a playoff spot, and it's kind of exemplified in in the Ovechkin struggles. Zero shots in his last two games, Frank. That was the first time in Ovi's career he's been held without a shot in back-to-back games. Before this stretch, the last time he was held shotless was November 11th of 2021. Ovi is struggling. The caps
2: are struggling and I'm not sure if there's a fix. I'm not sure there's a fix longer term. If you're thinking the whole 82 game Mm -hmm. season, uh, especially with you mentioned how slow they look. Brian McClellan, their GM was sort of hinting at that last year at the end of last season, the, the lack of pace, especially when it comes to someone like Nicholas Backstrom, who you see way further down the lineup for the caps. Um, Look, this is a team that has been stuck in this sort of, hey, are we going to try and be competitive? Are we rebuilding? What exactly are we doing? They're stuck in neutral. And I see this team sort of destined for an 82 to 85-point season. Um, Definitely not up to their standards. And it's such an incredible stat by Alex Ovechkin. 1,350 games in his NHL career. And this is the first time that he went without a shot on goal in two consecutive games. If he's not shooting, he's not scoring. What's he doing for you? Uh, it's never really been a question at this point because all he does is shoot and score. So if that part of their team, the engine, the motor isn't going, it's probably going to be some pretty tough sledding for the Caps moving forward.
0: There was only one stretch last season where he was held to under two shots in back-to-back games. Um, But Ovi not looking like vintage Ovi, that's for sure. Early on this morning on the DFO Rundown, Frank asked you and Jason Greger, Ovi is a 50-goal guy. Do you still think there's a chance? I'll crank it up a little bit for you on DFO Live now. Ovi is a 40-goal guy. Are you buying or selling?
2: I could still buy 40 goals. He could score in bunches, but definitely not buying on 50. Um, Look, I, I said before the season that he would get to 42 which would leave – he's 72 away from tying Wayne Gretzky uh, for the all-time record. That would leave him 30 in the following season, which I think is eminently doable. 72 now, it's not an overwhelming number. This is the chase that everyone's interested in. This is kind of – it feels like all that's really going to matter for the Washington Capitals for the next couple years, which is sad. Um, But I think he still gets to 40 this year. He's been in that neighborhood – and it only takes a two week stretch where he's absolutely on a tear. I also think there's some growing pains and adjustments that you know they've got a new coach in there with Spencer Carberry. They're gonna need to sort through.
0: Yeah. Uh, there is some OV talk going on in the YouTube chat. Barra said Ovi should realize no one's bigger than the team. Jeremiah, who's our resident caps fan, chimed in and said he's not been the reason they're losing. But he's been one of the reasons they're losing in Washington, which I think is a good way to do it. Reminder, again, looking for inbox questions. Hashtag ask DFO if you got something for our boy Frank. Um, Also, Frank, off the ice in Washington, it maybe hasn't been great either. That ties into our next topic where, I mean, early in the year, there are some fan bases that aren't exactly flocking back to their home barns. And, you know, maybe somewhere like Washington, who is up at 94% capacity, as you can see on your screen here. Maybe you go, yeah, okay, lower expectations early in the year. That's fine. The surprises for me on this list are the 80% in Winnipeg and the 83% in Buffalo. Those are two teams that when you think about the young core in Buffalo, the expectations this year and then also in Winnipeg, You got Shifley and Hellebuck signed right before the season started. There should have been more excitement about this team. Those are the really two concerning numbers for me in a gate-driven league.
2: Yeah, I would say there's a lot to be concerned about. Um, The Washington Capitals, we just talked about them. That sellout streak ended at 588 games. That's a big deal. They had a sellout on opening night, and then their next game was just 16,489 Winnipeg had, if you throw that board up there again, Winnipeg had their lowest attendance ever in a game in in Winnipeg Jets 2.0, just 11,000. That's a tough night. The Buffalo Sabres, lots of expectations this year. They sell out their opening night, and then the next night come back with 12,258. San Jose, their second game, or their third game, excuse me, only 10,000 in the building. And you had so when you include Winnipeg and Calgary, that's two teams uh, that did not sell out their home openers, which two of the seven. That's a pretty significant number. Um, And I I think it's for some teams, it's only going to get worse. You see that initial bump Hmm. in opening night and then things kind of fall off. If you watch the Flyers game, they went um, head to head against the Phillies across the parking lot, which is always tough. Uh, in the NLCS, there were huge swaths, almost whole sections that were that had no one in them. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done. I know NHL owners and teams are always sort of grumbling at this point that uh, it's hard to fill October weeknight games early in the season. There's a lot happening. You mentioned it, the, the most wonderful time of the year, uh, a lot on the sports calendar, but um, yeah, some... Un- unpromising and uh numbers that are not very pretty to start.
0: Yeah, Jimmy's in over on the Facebook says times are tough financially, money's tight. Um I also think that probably plays a pretty pretty big role in it the fact that prices just to get into the games and once you're into the games you look at you know beer and food prices they're sky high like parking maybe it yeah. doesn't
2: end. I mean like look at the Jets, I think that's the one thing that stands out for me is I don't think anyone is suddenly not a fan of the Jets or this team isn't likable. It's just that maybe with such a small building, the premium that they were charging because it's a small building for so long just doesn't really apply anymore that they need to have a price correction for some of these teams. And some teams have done that. I know the Flyers, for instance, have had a bit of a price correction, and it's still difficult in a time of rebuild or a time when the caps or the Islanders or some of these other teams that don't have true Stanley cup aspirations, it can be kind of difficult to sell. And it's another reason why a lot of teams avoid talk of a rebuild because that's makes for some lean years.
0: Yeah. I I think that makes a ton of sense, but also probably time for some of these teams to look in the mirror and go, okay, why is this happening? Is it high prices? Let's knock them down. I mean, I, I've always said I think you'd prefer a jam-packed barn of people who paid 25 to $40 to sit in the upper bowl than charging 100 bucks for the upper bowl and hoping you get, you know, 40% in the door, 50% in the upper bowl in the door. So um, we'll see if the numbers turn themselves around, but you certainly like this isn't blaming the fans at all for, you know, not wanting to dish out hundreds of dollars to go watch their team on a Tuesday night.
2: It's hard. It's, um, it's a lot of money to take a family to a game, even just to get two tickets to go to a game. You're, you're shelling out 500 bucks, including yeah. parking and food and drink and everything else. I don't know how many times people can do that in one season, let alone have season tickets.
0: Uh, Doug has also in on the Facebook with something that I think everyone can give an amen to. He says $14 beers suck. Damn right, Doug. Damn right.
2: <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, where Which Canadian market do we see that was closer to 18
0: um, in Edmonton, I think it's up to 16 or it's 1550 for a beer now for the beers. Not cheap, not cheap. Uh, yeah, some, some pretty low moments for attendance, but some excitement out in Anaheim tonight, Frank, let's go there next, where it is the debut of number two overall pick Leo Carlson expected to be in the lineup tonight and a guy who, you know, maybe got a little bit lost in the Bedard hype. He's a six foot three, 200 pound, 18 year old. And look at the numbers he posted last year in the SHL playing against men. This guy might be NHL ready. I think he is NHL ready. I think he's going to jump right in and just seamlessly upgrade this ducks team.
2: Well, clearly the Anaheim ducks also think he's ready as he is making his debut, as you mentioned on Thursday night. And, um, I'm really excited because he's a different style of player, totally different style of player than Connor Bedard. And, to hear the way that the Anaheim Ducks sized him up and and really thought long term about the future and and what it looks like in Anaheim you know there was this talk of oh whoever doesn't take uh Connor Bedard automatically will be getting Adam Fantilli and i think the ducks took a step back and said hey Fantilli might be a great player he put up some historic numbers in NCAA but now um they're looking long-term and saying the boost offensively that we get right away from Leo Carlson might not be there. Um, but in this case, they're thinking 20 years from now, could Leo Carlson be regarded eventually as the next Patrice Bergeron or pick a two-way guy that impacts your team at all facets and can still give you some offense as well. That's sort of their thought process. I know that's a heady comparison and expectation level, but um, for me, that's a really interesting spot to be is if you have the opportunity to add a player like that to your arsenal, you probably go ahead and do it every time.
0: Potentially a perfect yin yang thing with him and Trevor egress down the middle, right?
2: I mean, think about that. You've got the dynamic offensive flair and then a guy who's extremely conscious at both ends
0: Mm -hmm. all right well uh it's a good show to have our guy Stephen ellis stopping by so let's get his thoughts on this as well with a new edition of the next wave The next wave is brought to you by DoorDash with restaurants, groceries, pharmacies, bakeries, flower shops, and more. The list goes on. DoorDash really has everything you need to make this holiday season special. Ordering is easy. You open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door. They even have contactless delivery settings. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code nation 25 all caps nation twenty five. Stephen Ellis, you just heard us talking a little bit about
2: Leo Carlson. Uh, what are your? Expect- Was I off base? Is, yeah, what is your- that Bergeron comparison too much?
1: You absolutely nailed what I actually had written down to say. So thank you for doing that. You made my job easier. But uh, I, I yeah, this is a guy that last year watching him play, and even the year before that, but watching him play last year uh, with Orbro in the SHL, I think he got us on like twenty something points. But he probably should have had more if they counted like successful screens in front of net that, that led to goals. There's so much that he does that leads to goals that don't actually go on the score sheet that I think, you know, when you look at his offensive numbers and you look at what Fantilli did against college players, he'd say, Oh, well, who cares? But being that effective used in all situations in the SHL of all leagues is extremely impressive. And it's why so few players are, are, at that age do as much as he did. So for Leo Carlson, I think, you know, again, like you said, maybe not going to be the high scoring player this year, but it looks like he's going to be playing top line if I'm correct. And that's a huge way to kind of introduce yourself. So I'm a huge fan. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And I think he's extremely underrated compared to some of those guys. By the the way, I,
2: I got a chance to talk to him a bit at the draft and an incredibly impressive human being off the ice. Um, He's had this, stutter that's been lifelong that he's worked his way through and to have the confidence to be able to do uh interviews right after the draft with a stutter in any language is impressive but in your second language is super impressive and then his declaration like literally we're in Nashville he had just been picked moments ago and he's saying I want to help kids that have been in a similar situation to me I was like yes get this guy in the NHL I hope he turns out to be a thing
1: Great personality. Just like he he tells jokes too. Like for a guy, it's hard enough, like you're saying, to talk in a, a different language than what you're used to. But he's a pretty funny guy, too.
2: Yeah, he is. So we were talking about Leo Carlson making his NHL debut. Um, one guy who had made his NHL debut previously, but started the season in the AHL uh was David Yurichek in Columbus. My sense is you're probably not gonna ever see that guy again in the AHL. What do you think?
1: Uh, he shouldn't be going back to Cleveland and you know, Cleveland's a fun team to watch a lot of good prospects. Uh, but with year check it, before they made the trades they did in the summer to bring in Severson and Proveroff, I was writing year check as, you know, top pairing guy for them. And I think he'll push his way there to be a full-time guy pretty soon. Uh, but I, I don't know how you send him down at this point. He just looked too good against men last year had one of the best U 19 seasons we'd ever seen from a defenseman in the AHL and he's doing it where he was playing, you know, 20, 22 minutes a night, no problem. So uh, there's no reason why he should be going back to the AHL. He's one of my favorite prospects for a reason. You know, you look at Luke Hughes is probably the defenseman this year. That's defensive prospect rookie who's getting all the attention, but, When it comes to Yurichek, I just feel he's a better all-around defenseman. And uh, that's why I'm really excited about what he's going to do. And no, he's not going back to the AHL. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price.
2: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Carlson, you're a check. Bedard, big name rookies, but I want to know early on in the season, Stephen, who are maybe some under the radar guys who are starting to grab your attention.
1: I'll give you three. So one, Henry Thrun uh, out of San Jose. I uh, Just I. You know, a great preseason. I don't think I expected him to be that good. Like, I almost thought that this is a guy who should have started in the AHL. Um, Very good college defenseman. But still, there were some things with the puck and decision-making that made me question, you know, was he going to need time? But I think with San Jose, because he got traded from Anaheim, going to San Jose, this is a team that just needs, you know, competent defenseman and he's showing that right now he's got a couple points uh will cooley is a guy that i got to see a lot at the u14 u15 u16 level and seeing him develop into this you know more of a skilled guy at that age To i'm going to hit every single person on the ice and uh, i'm also going to score and make it work That's a guy that I I really like watching. had a really good season last year in the AHL, his first year playing against pros. And I I think that he's going to be just a power forward that continues to find work no matter what. And the Rangers have a lot of hard-hitting prospects. Uh, Brendan Ottman's not afraid to throw it down. Guys like that, is another one. But with Cooley, I think he's just... the. the I did not expect him to make this team this year, but right now I don't see how they could send him down. And then Arvid Soderblom in Chicago just had an outstanding game against the Toronto Maple Leafs it's funny because you look at his stats and given Toronto's history against like playing down against teams that should easily beat. Everyone was kind of like, and I even put money down on Sutterblom making like 40 something saves. And I believe he did. He's just, this guy played, played some great hockey right now, up and down season last year between the NHL and AHL. But right now Chicago's goaltending has been really good. Like one of the best goalie duos in the league. We're talking small sample size here, but I think everyone kind of projected them to be the worst goaltending team. And right now they're not looking like that.
2: Man, get this guy on the uh, Botano Daily Bet segment, Man, throwing okay. down some coin on the Soderblom saves. Um, wanted to look outside the NHL for a second, uh, Stephen, and ask you about um, a draft-eligible player with a pretty famous last name who's making some noise already in the early season. Who is that and why?
1: Well, it's Tijaginla. Uh, you know, when you know – Jerome McGillman being his dad, of course, Uh, last year watching him on on Seattle and he didn't put up a ton of points. He had six goals and was kind of just, you know, in the playoffs, barely played, didn't really see a whole lot of him goes to Kelowna. Good opportunity here for him to stand out. And he's got a goal per game through nine games right now. He's got 12 points, just putting up some outstanding numbers. He, before he turned pro or turned into major junior, he was putting up a lot of goals, but it just didn't seem to work when he got right to the WHL last year. Now he's looking so confident, a good two way player, and uh, he's just, you know, he's got soft hands, quick release, uh, and he puts a lot of pressure on the defenseman. So it's not a guy that I had super high on my draft uh, board right now, but he's definitely pushing himself up there. You know, it helps that some of the best WHL guys like Fraser Minton, like Zach Benson are playing the nhl and kind of taking the spotlight uh giving the spotlight to some other guys but Faginla, you know this is maybe not first round but he's really pushing himself to be in the top 60
0: interesting stuff yeah obviously the The pedigree helps too yeah yeah the name carries a lot of weight that'll that that could maybe help his draft stock a little bit uh steven this was fantastic as always next week we're going to be chatting a little bit about some guys coming up on the midway or even towards the end of their nine-game trials. So we look forward to that. As always, the next wave brought to you by DoorDash. There's the promo code up at the top of your screen. NATION25 in all caps for our Canadian first-time users. You can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter that code. Thanks, Steven. Thanks so much, guys. Frank, we're moving on to hashtag ask DFO. I see you during the segment with Steven. You're feverishly typing boom notification tweet from Frank Saravalli. What is it?
2: Uh, Sources say the San Jose Sharks are placing forward Kevin LeBanc on waivers today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Look, uh, this has been a tough situation for LeBanc. He has been a healthy scratch for all three of San Jose's first games of the year. This is a guy that has averaged a half point per game exactly in his 432-game NHL career. He's in the final year of his deal at 4.725. They've been asking and trying to engage in dialogue with some teams on a way to move Kevin LeBanc that hasn't proved fruitful to this point. I think it's beyond time he's ready for a change of scenery. The question is, uh, will he get one now? as the Sharks uh, dangle his name out there.
0: UFA at the end of the season, $4.7 million cap it. Who says no? LeBanc for Garland.
2: <laughs> Just swap them. Just uh, Well, the Sharks would say no, because Garland has two more additional years on his deal. But if they had been the same term, then they would have talked about it. And in fact, I think it's funny that you mentioned the Canucks. I think the Canucks are one of the teams that have been interested in Kevin LeBanc, uh, but they clearly can't afford him at four seven two five. So the Sharks are going to have to get creative and definitely a less than ideal situation to be in. He just can't seem to get on the same page, it seems, as David Quinn. And there's a guy that's still only 27. Um, I-, I see him as someone that could pretty easily be a 20-goal scorer. Last year, he feels like he barely played and still had 15 and 33 points. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, he's been in that double-digit range for goals a whole bunch of times over his career. Back in 2020, 2021, 12 goals in 55 games. Like That's darn near 20-goal pace. So maybe a change of scenery is needed for Kevin LeBanc. You mentioned it. 27 years old, still should have some good hockey left in him. Uh, there We did get one question in the YouTube that I like from Jeremiah who uh, wants to know about the Detroit Red Wings. He says, Who so looks like he did a few years back? Are the Red Wings legit 3-1 and one to start the year, Frank, and scoring at an unreal clip?
2: So here's my thing with the Red Wings. They are scoring at, at an unreal clip uh, tied for the top with Carolina. And I think Ottawa's in that mix as well. Uh, 19 goals so far in four games. Pretty impressive. I, it becomes a, a math game, doesn't it? And like it's too early to make these declarations. But this was the hardest thing when I was trying to come up with who's in and who's out of the playoff picture is. So you've got Detroit off to a good start. Uh, Buffalo seems like they found themselves earlier this week. Ottawa's been good. Boston hasn't lost yet. You know, Tampa's probably going to be in that mix. The Leafs, you know, are there. Who? It's too many teams. Six teams can't make it from one division. So someone's going to be on the outside looking in. Good step forward for the Red Wings. My big question is: their defense core is it deep enough? Is it strong enough to be a playoff team? I don't think so, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe a resurgence of uh, a little youth shot for Jeff Petrie. Maybe if he can return to his form from a few years ago, it would uh, also it would kind of
2: home. Cool. So yeah, his dad played for the Tigers for 11 seasons. So mm-hmm. he's uh, Detroit is where it's at for him.
0: All right, let's move along to our Botano daily bets. One in one yesterday, Frank. So not bad. I'll take it. I'll take a split on a small slate like that. Tonight, though, there is a lot of hockey to choose from. So let's dig into it. 19 plus play responsibly. The game starts now. Botano.ca. this segment starts with a Matt Kachuk shot prop. He had 10 shots in the first game of the season. He's now got 15 in three games. Uh, I think he's good to hit over three and a half. Florida taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's hit this mark in two of his three games so far this season. Minus 125, a decent payout. I think a guy like that. I think he, I think he'll have a solid night. I'm also a big fan right now, Frank, of small home underdogs. Calgary is in Buffalo and they've been hitting at a decent clip and going back to last year, it was actually a pretty smart thing to do if you could get home dogs in this 105-120 range. Um, And Buffalo fits that criteria tonight, taking on the Calgary flames. Buffalo should be feeling good after the first win of the season over the Tampa Bay lightning. So I like Buffalo on home ice as plus 105 dogs against the Calgary Flames. And thirdly, I am also taking the Edmonton Oilers to cover the puck line against the Philadelphia Flyers. Edmonton got their mojo back a little bit with a stomping of the Nashville Predators earlier in the week. They're starting Jack Campbell, who actually looked great in the preseason and then great against the Nashville Predators. I'm willing to say maybe that first game against the Canucks was just a bit of a blip and more about the defense in front of him than his play. So I like the Oilers at plus money to cover the puck line.
2: Yeah, it totally made sense to go back to Jack Campbell for mm-hmm. second game in a row after the way he played in Nashville. He earned it. You get to run with the ball.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time, Frank, and it is brought to you by Wendy's. Wendy's and their brand new barbecue bacon cheeseburger. I had one earlier in the week, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's Wendy's new obsession, and it is very, very real and very, very delicious, freshly added to the lineup. Enjoy the applewood smoked bacon and crispy onions as cheese melts over the fresh, never-frozen Canadian beef. And, Frank, it's another reminder, as you can see on your screen right now, our Survivor Pool is launching soon at dailyfaceoff.com. So we look forward to that. Season-long. Yeah, season-long Survivor Pool. There's going to be a bunch of different chances to get into the contest. And then the winner at the end of the year is going to walk away with five
2: grand. That's not bad. The best part is if you want to... You know, play by the week. You can win a weekly prize. If you mm-hmm. stack up a bunch of wins, you can be in the mix for the 5,000 cash. With the season-long part, there's always a way to play. You don't, you know, say you go on vacation or your
1: mm-hmm. your head's
2: not in it for a week or you lose a week. It's all good. Get, get back in next week.
0: Yeah, there's going to be some really good prizes from our friends at Wendy's. Uh, Garbage time today. Uh, Tyler Sagan, Frank, he he just wanted to get in the building, and I don't know why this made me laugh as hard as it did, but security wouldn't let Sagan through, so he had to pull up a picture of himself in a Stars jersey to prove that he actually played for the team. This is hilarious.
2: You know, the NHL actually does give out, um, at least they have in the past, little ID cards. That you can, it's almost like a driver's license. It says NHL player, and you could just hand them that because that would be one way to enter. But I guess if you don't carry it, no bueno.
0: Yeah, Tyler Sagan uh, must have forgot his ID at home. Probably been a while since he's been asked, uh, sir, ID, please. Um, Anyways, uh, a nice little chuckle here early in the season. Shout out to our friends at Wendy's, DoorDash. And Botano, also our pal Stephen Ellis, for stopping by. We'll be back tomorrow with a Friday edition of the show and a fun new segment, courtesy of our friends at Crown Royal. We'll chat with you all tomorrow at noon Eastern. Thanks for
1: tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
2: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.
0: That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff for the daily winner's